All right, Evan Lazar, let's do this. I think we're just clicking over into live. It'll take a split second here, and I see viewers registering. So we are live Patriots postgame show. Uh, that was something. We talked about it prior to the game. This felt like a possible coach-it-up win for the Patriots, and they got it 23-17. They played a very, very well-thought-out, executed, well-coached game, both sides of the ball, and uh, they, they slayed the giant here, Evan. Yeah, I think that's where we have to start is, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff, Josh McDaniels, they've taken a lot of flack here of late, both because of their decision-making in games, game planning, play calling, but also decisions in personnel with Belichick, you know, coaching decisions, but also in terms of GM decisions as well, drafting and things like that. Tonight, they got great performances out of their young guys. They played the game the way they need to play the game. They knew that if they could get a lead on Baltimore and force Lamar Jackson to throw his way back in the game, that they were going to have an advantage. They used their personnel on defense, although it's still limited in a lot of areas. It's the best possible grouping that they could get on the field out there tonight. We could break that down a little bit too. And then obviously leaning on that running game, which is an elite, elite running game. This is not, you know, there's no sugar. There's no real saying how much better you can get as a running team than what the Patriots are right now. The whole world knows they're running the football. They're handing it off to Damian Harris, and yet they're still able to move the football, which is really impressive. Yeah, and Evan, uh, you know, and again, we've talked about it basically all year. The formula to success is that, um, is is what they did tonight, is you have to, run the ball the way that they did and gain those, get those six, seven yards early on first down. If you're going to be able to do that, get yourself into second and shorts, third and shorts that are manageable, shrink this playbook for Cam Newton. And man, was it shrunk tonight. Um, They did not ask him to do much. And in fact, I mean, if you look at the final numbers, I mean, he didn't attempt to pass to a receiver that wasn't named Jacoby Myers all night. It was, Jacoby and then the backs and that was it. And then it was just hand off the ball, hand off the rock. And that's all they did all, all, all night long. And it worked. They, they did get into a bit of prevent offense mode there in the fourth quarter where it was, it was absolutely pouring here. It yeah. was, it and was I know that, an absolute right. monsoon. And I think the worst thing that you could have done in that situation, because I know it's frustrating to watch the Ravens yeah. claw their way back into this game slowly, but surely to make it a little bit interesting there. But if you guys could have seen the rain that was coming out on that field, the worst thing that you could have done was drop back the pass and have Cam Newton fumble or throw an interception or something like that and give the Ravens favorable field position. So they played field position. They punted the ball off. They got them pinned deep and they were able to get out of there with a win. I, that that had to happen because of the rain. Yeah, and 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 it, it is amazing because and so everybody knows Evan somewhere tucked away in a press room at Gillette Stadium yeah. right now. We're not going to send him outside into this. It does feel like the rain has subsided a tad, almost right as the game uh, ended. But you're right. Yeah. Uh, all, by all accounts, everybody there. It, w- how much how much of a factor was that for the entire fourth quarter? It's uh, from the accounts from you and and other reporters down there. It was getting worse and worse and worse as yeah. the, as the entire fourth quarter went on. So the beginning of the fourth quarter was pre- pretty much how it had been all game long. But then as the game wore on, especially on Baltimore's last drive, it was like the the gods that did us a favor here on that last drive because it just started. I mean, the wind, the rain. It was like almost like borderline hurricane out there for a little while there towards the end of the game so i was in my head i was like man you know they're this conservative play calling is really going to kill them and it's really going to set them back and they might end up losing this game because they keep on running the ball into 10 
people standing right there in front of them. Baltimore, towards the end of the of the game in the fourth quarter, really knew the Patriots weren't going to throw the ball that much, and they were walking everybody down to the line of scrimmage, maybe one safety deep, if not at any safeties deep at all, and they were run blitzing. They were shooting gaps from the second level. They are getting up the field. They were trying to come after the Patriots' running game, and it worked, and that really was what led to a lot of the slowdown for the Patriots' offense. If the rain had stayed the way it had been the rest of the game, I think the Patriots' offense would have stayed the same. So let's get back to that running game again. We talked about prior to the game, getting Damian Harris um, involved. Uh, Not just involved, he's been involved, but basically just making it the Damian Harris show. Uh, And it clearly was early. He ran uh, with, uh, I mean, a ton of purpose. Again, just... You know, we've talked about him. He doesn't have that game-breaking speed, but the 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 speed with which he hits the line of scrimmage makes yeah. decisive cuts. Uh, it's just something that we haven't seen. And again, not to make every everything one Patriots player does a referendum on another, but again, it's not it, it's it is a different feel than what you were getting with Sony with, with Sony Michelle, even though you would think that they're kind of sort of in the same mold of running back. Yeah, you know, I think what you're seeing with Damian Harris is a, a next level understanding of how to manipulate defense defenders, especially at the second level of the defense. So his big 25 yard run, I put it up on Twitter. He's leading. It's a fullback lead play and he's following Jakob Johnson through the gap. Right. And at, as he's following Jakob Johnson, he's seeing the linebackers at the second level flowing to the fullback right when you run a fullback lead play everybody in the stadium knows it's going right behind the fullback so the whole defense converges behind the fullback so he follows right behind the fullback and then out of the corner of his eye he kind of sees the second level of the defense coming with him and so then he cuts it back to the next gap over and there's just nobody home because everybody's flowing to Jakob Johnson so just these little manipulations I posted another one where they had a fullback wham play on they let the guy through Jakob Johnson whams him and the Ravens defensive line basically stood everybody up at the line of scrimmage, but they were able to get the edge and, and Damien Harris just saw that play really unfold, saw that the Ravens had it stout up front, but then realized that the edge defender, the defensive end had crept inside to try to plug up that gap. And he just bounces it right out to the corner and you have another first down run. Those little types of plays here and there where it's not necessarily about dancing out of a bunch of tackles and being super elusive and being Barry Sanders out there. It's mostly about understanding where the goal of the play is to hit and how you can manipulate the defense based off of them knowing where you're going sort of thing. Yeah. And just, just hit it. And that's, and that's what he does. Um, Again, we talked about Cam Newton. This was again, part of it is weather, but I mean, almost like early in the year level conservative uh, uh, play calling with him. How much, how much of that do you think was what they were dealing with, with the, with the effects of the weather or how much of it was we are going, we're going to, we're going to turn it back even further because last game was his best game since Seattle. Um, So I thought they'd be a little bit more comfortable letting him take some shots, but I, do you think that they were so concerned with the turnover battle here that that was their main focus that to not, to not even entertain the possibility of, of anything happening? A little bit, yeah. I think it definitely was with the weather a a huge factor, but I also think this Baltimore defense is a unit that wants to really come after you, right? They really want to blitz the quarterback a whole lot and put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. And I think if you get into a situation in this game, just the way the game unfolded in in it, you know, particular but also just in general if you get into a situation where cam's dropping back to bat past 30 
35 times in a game where the defense is really coming after him. They don't really have the offense to win like that, right? They don't have the playmakers on the outside that are going to create the instant separation. They don't have the continuity or the chemistry as a unit to handle the blitz like that. So why even bother, right? I think that that's a big reason why uh, you saw it's such a conservative game plan was that they knew Baltimore was going to come after them. They knew they were going to blitz a ton. They knew that they were going to give them different pressure looks where, you know, you're one time you're blitzing the next right. time you're backing off. And instead of playing with all that and dealing with all that, just run the football and run play action and get out of here with a you know 23 17 win. This is exactly how you drew it up. This is how they put it up on the whiteboard on Monday. This is how they wanted it to go for their, I guess, Tuesday because of the Monday night game. This is exactly how Bill Belichick and the coaching staff wanted to play this game tonight. They executed the game plan perfectly. Well, it is amazing. We're talking about two wins in six days going from two and five to four and five. And all of a sudden, the season's got a totally different vibe to it here. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit in the pregame, which is you start having different conversations about this team. It's amazing. Uh, and again, I don't know how much of the chat you're checking out today, but uh, the main the main topic of our of the chat in our postgame show last week after the win over the Jets, which was a terrific win, was I wish they lost that game. What, what are they doing winning? And now we're tanking. And I think um, just the tone of the commentary that you're seeing here and just kind of the vibe on Twitter is, hey, wait a second. What do we have here? What's going on? How much do you think there's possible turning the corner? I mean, sort of moment this would be for the Patriots, which is to say, we've talked about this appears to be a sustainable model to get this team potentially to eight, nine, 10 wins. And if they do this, you think that they can get there. Um, did this, did tonight change your thinking at all? Or is it always what you've kind of thought this team could do if all the pieces were kind of, you know, working and, and, you know, again, health, you had COVID issues. There was a few things that messed them up in that little, in that little two to three game swing where things kind of went awry, but uh, the Denver game, all of that is just a total debacle, Kansas city. Uh, but you're just, you're feeling after tonight, you think, you think this might be a turn the corner sort of game. I think it might be because they found a grouping I felt on defense, and on defense specifically, right on defense that, okay, there's a lot of holes there still to plug up their zone drops in the middle of the field and handling middle of the field coverage was a disaster for most of the night in spots, right. In situations. And they need to clean that up. And you have a lot of players like Therese Hall or Adrian Phillips or Kyle Duggar who are Chase Winovich is another good example of this, who are either young players, new players, players playing different positions. You know, Winovich is usually an edge guy. Now they're asking him to play a little bit more in the middle of the defense. Duggar is a safety asking to play him in the box. You know, Phillips, similar situation. So they have to be able to handle the middle of the field better the touchdown that they gave up uh, to Willie Sneed and towards the end of the game that made it 23 17 was a perfect example or they just didn't really feel like they had it buttoned up in the middle of the field there and I, I kind of thought it was more Devin McCourty than anybody else who sort of took the eye candy of Lamar moved him to the right and then came back left on he him was, a little was, bit he was in a tough spot though that was kind right. of a pick your poison sort of right but when you pick your poison you pick the shorter throw not the touchdown throw yeah. right you know so it these types of things, though, I think can be worked out. And if you put Duggar and you put Winovich and you put Uche out there at on the line of scrimmage and you put some speed at the second level of the defense with Hall and Phillips and then Duggar and John Jones kind of sprinkling in there as the nickel or money backer, there's a lot more speed. There's a lot more physicality. There's a lot more talent, pure talent 
at that point of the defense than anything else. And I, I think earlier on in the season, when you guys guys like a Jawan Bentley out there and, and you're trying to mix and match it that way, and it just didn't click. It just wasn't working well. And I think this unit, this group can be a productive group on defense. And that a hundred percent really makes me feel different about this team because I wrote last week that the biggest issue with the Patriots, I was pretty confident actually that the offense was going to be able to score enough points out here tonight to win this game. The biggest issue is the defense, especially on first and second down. Well, they were significantly better against a really good first and second down team. The run defense was surprisingly uh, much better. Exactly. Yeah. The run defense, they gave up uh, 4.1 yards per carry, but a lot of that was Lamar scrambles, not not designed actual running plays. So you kind of take that with a grain of salt. He's finally Belichick. I say he Belichick is finally seeming to let the young guys play a little bit more finding ways to play his more talented players, even if it's not the traditional cookie cutter role for Chase Winovich to play inside linebacker. He's clearly one of their seven best guys in the front seven. You got to put it, find a place for him to play, right? Yeah. Just find a place for him to play, whether it's, it's edge off yeah. the ball, wherever, just find a place, a spot for him. Cause he's that talented. And that's what they were able to do tonight. It's almost like these small ball NBA style lineups. Like sometimes you just got to play your best players and then just right. figure it out as you go. And again, too many we were, I know Belichick one of the if you're gonna say there's a uh, a fault is he definitely likes his older guys his experienced guys his guys who know their roles and what they're supposed to do and he's always going to default to that before just running a bunch of athletic kids out there and just being like all right guys just chase the ball around and do your best so they chased it around tonight that's what yeah. I wanted them to and do that's what they did they, they yeah. Put some speed on the field, put some athleticism right. on the field, put some hunger on the field, guys that want to get after it and want to get after the ball. And I think that that's what we saw. Duggar tonight wasn't perfect. He but, definitely got out, went about it a couple of different times. Tackling attempts were not great. Some of his own drops were not particularly great. But he is hungry. He runs to the football. He pursues the ball. He does things that other players on this team so far this year have not necessarily done. And he's doing it. If he's going to make a mistake, he's at least making it fast. And that's all you can really ask for right now is the Patriots defense. Yeah. Um, let's, let's get into uh, one defender here. Um, uh, it was uh, JC Jackson. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry. I put up the wrong graphic here, but JC um, uh, fifth straight game with an yeah. interception uh, coming off of a, uh, you know, a so-so game, uh, not a so-so game, a game in which he drew some criticism, uh, rightfully so. Um, but he was, uh, it wasn't just the interception. He was terrific uh, all night here. Again, kind of stepping into that number one corner role. And again, you had different guys on Hollywood Brown. Sometimes McCourty was on him and McCourty acquitted himself nicely um, uh, early in the game too, uh, as well. So uh, a huge bounce back game for the secondary that got eaten up a little bit last week. Yeah, so that stutter and go move from Hollywood Brown was J.C. Jackson was not having any of it, right? And I think that's such a great play of understanding the situation. And when McCourty buried him on the sideline right, too, as right. well. If yeah. J.C. Jackson, if, if Hollywood Brown stops that route down and catches it in front of him, there's 30 seconds left in the half. What, what's the worst that's going to happen? So he he completes a, a six yard pass to Hollywood Brown with 20 seconds left in the second quarter. So what? So when he stutters and goes, he stays on top of the route because he knows damn well the only thing I can't do is let the ball go over my head. 
right? I, I can I can let up anything in front of me and just come up rally and make the tackle. Right. But just don't let anything up over my head. So he played. He sat right there on the double move. He didn't get fooled by it, and he played it absolutely perfectly. And that's the type of coverage that you really want to see. I see a lot of questions also about Therese Hall, who I wanted to get to here. Number who is number fifty nine is is one of the questions. Therese Hall. I don't know if it's a perfect. He started last week. He started last week. I don't know if he's a, he's not a perfect linebacker, right? And he definitely has a lot of work to do dropping in the middle of the field, like I mentioned a couple of times in zone coverage, man coverage even, doing things like that. But he is a much faster and more athletic player, and he can definitely move sideline to sideline. And then when the Patriots do want to run blitz, basically what they had him do a lot last week, and I'll have to go back and watch it and see if he was doing the same thing this week, is what's called spying the gap. So basically they just say to Therese Hall, Therese, you got the A gap. All right, you got the play side A gap. Don't worry about anything else. Just blitz the play side A gap. And if they run it through your gap, make sure you make the play. Uh, there was a couple of times early on, maybe just one time, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, where he did miss the tackle in the hole. Right. But other than that, he's been a really productive player for them. And you can just tell that when the defense has somebody at that Mike linebacker position that Therese Hall is playing instead of Jawan Bentley with some speed and with some athleticism and with some you know, ability to still bring the thump when he needs to, it makes the entire defense faster, right? Because when you have a guy in the middle of the D that's slow sideline to sideline, you got so many other guys trying to cover up for that. So when Bentley really can only play in a phone booth, whereas I think Therese Hall can really play sideline to sideline, and it just makes the entire unit better. This segment's powered by BetOnline.ag, our exclusive online wagering partners. NFL football continues on, and while you might not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. No matter how the schedules change or which players play or don't play, BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always way more options to wager at Bet Online than anywhere else online. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests. Use the code CLNS50. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Wanted to get back to Jacoby Myers, obviously, in addition to being the only, uh, the only player who caught, uh, uh, who caught who who uh, caught any balls? Well, the only receiver who caught any balls from Cam. That what a freaking dime that was, huh? On that play, unbelievable. Yeah, the again, this, this harkens back wow. to the double toss back Amendola to yeah. Edelman in the playoffs, uh, which my, is my part. I think the most exciting game I've ever seen in Gillette Stadium in person, uh, I've ever covered in person, uh, and possibly the loudest I've ever heard the stadium uh, that game uh, when the Patriots twice came back from 14-point deficits to beat the Ravens. Uh, But that just kind of, you know, uh, reminiscent of that, you know, just uh, McDaniels unloading the playbook. And again, we've been critical of McDaniels for doing it too much because when they've just not been able to be creative enough on offense to manufacture yardage, but here it was the perfect call at the right play. And my goodness, what a throw. An absolutely perfect throw. I mean, you tweeted that it might be the best throw the Patriots have had all year. And I think people wanted to pile on that, but it was honestly might've been the best throw that the Patriots had all year. The touch on that pass to drop it in the bucket like that. Yeah. And I was actually at a great vantage point of it. And he was under pressure too. And he threw it and I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, he's throwing it out the back of the end zone or something. He's not actually going to go for this. 
dropped it right in the bucket perfectly. And then later on in the game, I mean, the throw was great. Don't get me wrong. But later on in the game, he absolutely toasted Marcus Peters on a little burst corner route where he's going to run inside like he's running that over route or that crossing pattern and then he breaks out on the corner just when he gets the cornerback to commit peter's got spun around a couple times by julian edelman in super bowl 53 with the same route so i know the patriots remember that and they said hey we can beat this guy with this route and jacoby can do it they motioned him in too to a stack alignment which i really like because the patriots will run that stack and then when they snap it they'll have jacoby usually runs an over route or julian edelman will run an over route which is a crossing route right intermediate crosser and when they did what he did this time, he showed the corner out and then he ran the burst corner and that definitely threw off the defense. They thought they were all sitting there waiting. Oh, here comes the motion. Here comes the play action. You know, we're getting the crossing pattern, right? And then instead of the crossing pattern, they got the corner route and it definitely fooled Marcus Peters. And you saw again at the end of the game too, when he hit that uh, little spot concept where Jacoby just sat down right at the sticks and then like kind of fell backwards for the first down. Those are those little plays right there where the little details, which last year really plagued the Patriots receivers. It's played the Patriots receivers at the beginning part of this year where they run, they need three yards and they run two and a half, right? Or they need six yards and they run five. And Jacoby twice tonight on third down ran past the sticks. Yes. And got the first down in the third down situation. The third and three where he just sat down and Newton found him there at the end of the game was obviously a huge pickup there. They needed something bad yeah. because they, had gotten very predictable with the run game. They hadn't thrown a pass or completed a pass in a little while. And and Jacoby, again, he found it, sat, boom, dropped back, yeah. got the first down, the awareness exactly right. Um, again, we can't have a conversation about Jacoby Myers without having a follow-up conversation about Nikhil Harry. Uh, we're, not here to, we're not here to criticize Nikhil. We're just here to simply state the facts. He played. Uh, we, we weren't sure if he was going to or not, but he played. Uh, he was not targeted. He had a couple of blocks. Uh, you know, that, that were important, but um, I don't know. I, you know, again, your vantage point there, it's tough. It's tough to see it when you're watching from home, you're at the game, Evan. Um, did it look like he was open running yeah. routes? Was he mainly used as a downfield blocker? I mean, I, I yeah. you know how, what was his usage? I, again, it's uh, a lot of, a lot of clearing out the coverage, a lot clearing of, it out, right? Yeah. A lot of coming in motion as just kind of eye candy for the defense. You know, they'd like to do that orbit motion where he motions behind the quarterback. And what they could do with that is they could either head it off to him on an end around or throw a little screen or swing pass to him in the flat. We've seen him do that before. And I just think tonight with Nikhil, the one thing that I will say in positive respect, obviously he made a, a couple of big blocks in the running game. But I think the biggest thing is, is that they did miss that sort of physical specimen, that six foot two, six foot three guy. They didn't target him in this game because I they, they weren't really going to throw the ball down the field all that much, especially in the second half. But I think that what they did get out of him was some physical play. And with Jacoby and with Demir Bird, they don't really have another guy that's that physical. So he did his job tonight. I mean, it, it's not what you've drafted him in the first round for, right? You don't, you're not asking a first round pick to just block it. I promise you I'm not having this conversation tonight. I swear. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm yeah. just bringing it up because. It's not, it's not why you drafted the guy. I get that. But if he can do what he did tonight within the structure of this offense, then that's a skill set that they could use. That That's all it is. Yeah. And again, 
It doesn't mean that's all he'll ever be able to do. But again, there's always a little bit of excitement when he's out there because you're always wondering what if. What, what right. if this is the game where he starts to kind of pop it open? It just didn't and, seem and, like it was in the cards again. Maybe it's an ease it back in situation. Maybe the game didn't call for it. Again, you want to see him start to get involved in some way or another um, because uh, you're going to need more than just, again, the running game is great. You just need more options than just Jacoby Myers. You don't know if you're getting Edelman back. Isaiah Ford, I don't know. Did he did he see the field? No, I don't think so. And and listen, look, the, I think the biggest thing is is that we can rag on Nikhil. I'm not doing that. I swear. The people are doing that. We can <laughs> rag on Nikhil. We can say he's a bust. We can say they should have drafted DK Metcalf. I'm not going to call him a bust, but a lot of those things are true about Nikhil Harry. But at the end of the day, with the depth chart they have at wide receiver right now, what do you want? Do you want Nikhil Harry out there, or do you want Gunnar Olszewski out there? Right When they go 11 and they go three wide, do you want your top three wide receivers to include a Gunnar Olszewski type, or do you want them not even to be able to go three wide because they don't have the depth there? And when they go two wide and they, and they get into that 21 personnel, which they rode for most of this game, he is an effective blocker. So that, that, that's all there is to it. He's a better blocker than Gunnar. I don't think Gunner is really making anybody miss in the open field or getting open with dynamic route running or anything like that. So if you're going to pick Gunner in that situation, then you're crazy. You're just, you're talking crazy. I mean, it's, it's fine, but it's just not at all accurate. Let me put you that way. <laughs> There's a lot of pro Gunner. <laughs> There's a lot of pro If you think that Gunner should that. be out there in three wide, reset, wide receiver sets over Nikhil Harry, then go No, it. and again, it's, you do it. It's again, you do it. You, you have Harry out there because you want him you want something more you want to get there and you're just hoping that it gets to a point where he is able to do the things within his skill set and that it, you can diversify the offense a little bit because you're definitely going to need it uh, and again in addition to harry you're hoping and wanting those tight ends at some point or another to be able to make some sort of impact as well as it is a very limited offense even though they did everything they needed to do tonight the the stars were aligned. They ran the ball well. We know they can do that. You have to have the – as soon as Baltimore knew that there's no chance they're going to pass anymore, it is harder to do what they did tonight. So they are fortunate yeah. that they were able to do that. A couple of Ravens turnovers as well really helped in the game. But, yeah, they beat the Ravens, but they really had to have – uh, close to a flawless game in order to do so. You, you wonder if that's sustainable against better teams. I don't want to take anything away from the victory. It was a – I mean, they earned this win. This was a great win. It was physical. It was well thought out, well coached. But again, you're just looking at long-term sustainability here, and you definitely need to get a little bit more going on offense. Yeah, I mean, basically, Baltimore didn't do anything fancy defensively in the fourth quarter. What they did is they walked everybody up to the line of scrimmage. They got, the, they got the safeties. They got the second-level players all just filling a gap immediately and blitzing off the ball, run blitzing, essentially. And It wasn't necessarily – I. I I'm not saying the Patriots have a downfield guy that scares them, but I think just the conditions and the way that they knew the Patriots were going to call the game, they knew the Patriots were not going to try to throw to Demir Bird 50 yards down the field, right? They just knew that wasn't coming. So they were able to really get walk everybody up to the line of scrimmage and play that type of way. I, I think if they continued to do that and the rain didn't happen in a different circumstance, in a different situation, the Patriots would have started throwing the ball against those types of looks. You can't just play 11 guys in the box and not expect any time 
type of throwing, even if it's just intermediate and short passing, there's going to be a little bit more of that going on. So a lot of it was the weather. A lot of it was just they had a lead in a bad weather game. So the last thing that you can really do is turn the football over. Um, but, you know, I, I just I think that moving forward, the guy that they really need to lean on, obviously, is Jacoby. And if Jacoby Myers can continue to be as good as he's been, Teams are going to start double teaming him. Teams are going to start. They, the Ravens already put their top corners on him. You know, Marcus Peters had yeah. him some, some of the time. Marlon Humphrey had him some of the time, and he was beating those guys. So they're going to have to figure out ways to game plan. He's going to get bracket coverage. He's going to get cone and type of you know double teams and stuff like that that Julian Edelman's seen in the past. And then what? You know, what? What? That's my question: is when they start scheming out Myers, then what's the next step for the Patriots' offense? You know, is it the backs? Is it somebody else stepping up like a Demir? Bird or a Nikhil Harry, you know, who's going to be able to be that guy? That's exactly right. Is It's again, it's almost, you know, uh, you know, the league seeing him for the first time through, you start to make adjustments, you know, like again, the Ravens, there was chatter um, in uh, in the week leading up that they they knew about Myers, you know, it wasn't Jim Harbaugh, man, or John Harbaugh, excuse me, mentioned him like two or three times. Yeah. All, all week long, Jacoby yeah. Myers can play. This guy, this is our biggest threat right now in the passing game. Which we got to be ready for crazy. him. Crazy. Yeah, it so, is crazy. But but they were the Ravens were talking him up and they knew they knew it. So they they did scheme him and he did play fairly well. Again, he, I mean he was you know the the most targeted you know uh, player period certainly the only receiver as we mentioned. Um, and so and and he still even with that coverage was able to have a pretty decent game in a, in a game which the Patriots didn't really throw the ball uh, at all. Uh, I do want to mention uh, to the folks at home we do have a sponsor and it's Manscaped. And we're seeing it right here on the screen, 20% off, free shipping with the code PRESSPASS20 at manscaped.com. Once again, go to manscaped.com, use the code PRESSPASS20, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PRESSPASS20. Uh, Evan, anything else you want to get into uh, in this game we haven't talked about yet? And then I might open it up to some of the chat, and then you can have to you can defend to kill Harry for the rest of the time. Uh, yeah, of course. I'm not uh, gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I swear. I think the one thing that we saw tonight out of the defense, it wasn't perfect. They definitely gave up some yards in the first half, a couple of dry, big drives that they allowed, but the combination of players that they were using tonight was really, I thought the best that they have gotten all season out of the usage of their younger guys. So they were able to really incorporate Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche played a little bit more and Chase Winovich is playing a little bit of on the line and off the line and kind of being that versatile Kyle Vinoy type of player that we were hoping that he would be. And if they can continue to mix and match those groupings together and their defense, I think is actually going to be a little bit better. I, I was really worried about the defense. I thought the defense probably didn't have the personnel to turn this thing around, but on top of getting some of those younger guys on the second level, the defense more incorporated into the scheme, into the system and into the game plan. Carl Davis was really good up front. I thought next to Lawrence guy at times, him, Adam Butler and Lawrence guy is a decent, threesome up there to stop the run and be able to hold up on the point of attack and it's just this defense looked a whole lot better on paper than anything I could have imagined that they were going to be able to get into this year because I really was concerned that Belichick was never going to play the young guys 
You know, yeah. I, I really was concerned that he was never going to let lot of Duggar, people were. Yeah. never going to let Duggar and never going to let Uche and never going to let Winovich, all these guys go. And tonight he said, hey, this is the matchup, right? We know we know we're, what we're going to get from Baltimore. They're not going to change too much up on us. We know what kind of schemes they're going to run. Just run and hit people. And that's exactly what they did tonight. And that's what they're going to have to do moving forward. <laughs> Poor Harry's getting beat up bad on this thread. I feel so bad for him. I really do because, you know, I know Nikhil Harry has worked extremely hard. And I, I listen, there's no, this isn't the Boy Scouts, right? I, he did, He's not living up to his draft standing. There's other guys that were drafted behind him DK, Terry McLaurin. We can go right on down the list that have obviously outperformed him. And it was the wrong pick. It was 110% the wrong pick. But my whole thing is now is let's just make sure we get the best out of Nikhil Harry that they possibly can because he's on the team. And, and that's the pick that they made. They didn't, they don't have DK Metcalf. So let's at least just make sure that Nikhil Harry can play the best possible. Uh, quick look ahead to Houston. Uh, that's what they got next week, right? They got Houston. They got yeah, Houston, Houston was not, super not impressive uh, today. I don't uh, think they that scored. seems like. That seems like a pretty winnable game as well, for sure, uh, for the Patriots here. Uh, you know, and and that's going to be in Houston, so the setting's going to be a, a bit different here. Do uh, you think the Patriots will change that game plan a tad heading into there? I'm sure they'll change it because they always change it, and that's sort of what I don't want them to get too caught up in. Right. Is every single week we hear this from Bill Belichick. Oh, why isn't Chase Winovich playing? Oh, the game plan. Why isn't Josh Uche playing? Well, he's not really a Mike linebacker, so it didn't fit the situation. So, again, the game plan, right, in, in, the, in the sort of the situation of the whole thing. And when I look at that, I say, okay, you know, look, in a normal year when you have Van Noys and Hightowers and, and Collinses and all these guys ahead of these younger players on the depth chart and you can afford to kind of bring them along slowly, that's fine. But now this team needs Kyle Duggar. They need Josh Uche. They need playmaking. They need athleticism. They need explosiveness. And that's what all that – those are all the things that those guys gave. Kyle Duggar needs to be a regular on this defense moving forward. He needs to be an every-down player. He should not come off the field unless he's hurt. So let's hope he's not hurt, right? He should not come off the field because he's really the most productive guy that they have at running and chasing and hitting people and bringing physicality while also being able to play in space. They don't have enough guys like that, and Duggar is one of the few that they do have. One thing I want to talk about, Evan, uh, not necessarily an X is an O thing here, but you were, you know, again, you just letting everybody know, Evan is at Gillette Stadium right now. Patriots are talking off in their breakoff rooms. We're going to pop in there shortly and listen to the rest of those interviews. Um, and Evan's got a ton, ton more to write before uh, it's over. But uh, you commented on this on the Myers pass, how everybody was flipping out on the sidelines. And it is interesting on the broadcast, you can hear the sideline. Right going crazy but this game and again i'm i'm following a lot of the post game commentary coming out right now there's a lot of like we played our asses off it's a great day to be a patriot we wanted to be physical we played for each other there this had a this game had a uh a real kind of rallying sort of vibe to it of like uh you know people seem i don't know the right word for it but it meant a lot to the to to the players, and you could tell they wanted this one badly, and they were they were into it from the jump, uh, just in terms of their emotion uh, on the field, on the sidelines, and it's carried over into the post game locker room here. Uh, this this was a this is a big turn. I mean, it's obvious because it's the Ravens, but it's a big turning point win. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, you beat the Jets on Monday night last week. It's nice. You know, you don't want to lose to the Jets, right? That's what we talked a lot about. Okay, you know, nice little win. You don't want to lose to the Jets. You were able to win that game. Now you beat a real football team. You beat the Baltimore Ravens. They were 6-2 and two coming in. They have the reigning MVP at quarterback. They won the AFC last year in the regular season. That's a real football team that you beat tonight. That has a really good defense that you were able to move the ball pretty consistently against until the weather really came down. I mean, that this is could potentially be a turning point win. Now, it means nothing if they – And it's important, Evan, I do want to point out, because you keep talking about it, it's super important to point out that they did it on the backs of the kids in, yeah. in many ways. And on the backs that, of the uh, – and in, in the way that they had to do it, right? You knew yeah. you had to ride Damian Harris. You had to ride Jacoby Myers. Those are your players right now. Those are your and you played, the, you, played, you played the younger guys on defense, and that's why it's kind of like this was their big grow-up, grown-up yeah. moment, you know, yeah. uh, for a lot of these guys. And that's who, again, I'm looking at the commentary from Winovich, J.C. Jackson, uh, you know, uh, 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 Myers after the game, uh, Harris, and they're like, they are amped over this because it was their moment to show we can do this. You know, where they're giving, he's giving, Bill has put faith in us to do this and we want to go do it. And they did it against the Ravens. Um, so you can, I, I really wonder what type of carryover there's going to be off of yeah, this. Yeah, and next week, Houston, that's a tough game. It's a tough matchup for the Patriots. They had never, they haven't really played Houston well in the last couple of years. Deshaun Watson, since he became the quarterback there, has really lit the Patriots up. Even a couple of years ago, and uh, Tom Brady won the game with that Brandon Cooks catch along the sideline and the corner of the end zone Deshaun Watson I think put up 34 or something like that in that game and, and really had his way with the Patriots defense so they got a tough matchup next week maybe not record wise but on paper for them and I think what they need to continue to do I, I don't know I, I don't know if this is Belichick I don't know if it's the young players are finally just growing up and we're halfway through the season and they feel more comfortable playing some of these guys or Belichick's stubbornness he finally looked at it and said I, I gotta play the young kids and see what we have with it I'm not sure, but they now – Or he just felt he needed to be more athletic against this right. Ravens team. And our fear is, Evan, that he goes back to the other yeah. – he goes back yeah. to the other thing uh, in, in Houston, and you're like, oh. No, you can't. And I, I – I, Juwan Benley is a team captain. He has a role on this team that he can play as a first down linebacker. And Landon Roberts' role last year, right? Just yep. play him on first down. Let him stop the run. But guys like Therese Hall, guys like Duggar and Phillips in the box, they have to play more. They, you can't be playing Jawan Bentley 87% of the snaps anymore. you got to get some more speed and athleticism on the field. So continuously, just all year long, I think we've been really hard on the coaching staff, and rightfully so in a lot of ways, just not playing the best guys, not being creative with the personnel and getting guys on the field that deserve to be on the field, and just sort of being stubborn in their old ways of, you know, this is our prototypical Mike linebacker, so we have to have this type of linebacker play there, so let's play Bentley because he's that type of guy. Well, now we have the ability to see that when they get more athletic, when they get younger, when they get guys that just want to run and hit and see color, you can definitely play a lot better as a defense than what we saw at the beginning part of the season. So yeah. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, all these guys, like I keep saying, keep playing them. They need to keep playing them. We've been saying it for weeks now. Belichick just now at the podium. Uh, this is, I mean, again, you know, you, you, it's hard to, it's hard to extract or glean much from what Belichick says, but uh, he did say that, yeah, he, he thinks they're headed in the right direction here, um, which 
is a compliment because it means I like what I see here. And again, if we talk about wanting to see a continuation of what we saw tonight uh, vis-a-vis, you know, more of the younger players playing and, 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 and putting them out there, hopefully this was, again, for Belichick, uh, a game where he thought, we're going to try something different and this is going to be a new direction. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, closing thoughts again, Evan, before we wrap it up and I'll let you go run and, uh, and, and do all of your post game stuff. Yeah, I talked a lot about the defense. I guess I'll just wrap it with the offense. I think since really the second half of that Buffalo game, they've slowly been kind of finding themselves offensively and finding the right mix and match of cam runs, regular runs, trick plays you know not doing all that smoke and mirrors type of stuff all the time but having just enough enough touch of it and obviously discovering jacoby myers is actually a julian edelman level route runner right now is a huge kind of development in this offense's path but if you can play the game like they did tonight and they're not going to be able to run the football as much as they did and what are they they ran it you know 40 times and really only threw it what 17 or 18 if you count Myers's pass that's probably going to be too one-sided when you get into a little bit of closer games and stuff like that but at the same time the way that they played and the way they kind of mix and match the playmakers that they do have Harris Burkhead, Jacoby Myers, those guys finally felt like they had the right amount of things on their plate and cam included where it didn't feel like it was all on cam or all on the running game or all on one person on that offense, specifically the quarterback to elevate everything around him and make it better than it actually is and to turn you know water into wine tonight it felt like everything sort of fit the way that it was supposed to go together and I think that that's a testament to play calling coaching game planning all that kind of stuff and putting the chess pieces in the right order and that's what I think we saw tonight from everybody and what's amazing is again you talk about the conditions and the fact that they played younger players and it was the Ravens out there who were making all of the mistakes, uh, pre-snap penalties, uh, uh, bad snaps, yeah. having a difficult time. Uh, yeah, it's the Ravens center could not, could not snap the ball all night long. I mean, right. Lamar is catching snaps over here. He's catching them over there. The Wanda Ingram there on the, on the, yeah, and of course, you know, the two bad ones, it really burned them, but they couldn't get a handle on the ball all night in the conditions. Yeah. So they, they were doing that and the Patriots again, Belichick's complimenting again, you're talking about shotgun snaps all night. Everything went well. Jake Bailey handling punts, uh, all of these things. The Patriots just executed. And again, this is a, this is what we're used to a little bit with the Patriots kind of clicking over into November when they start to, you know, and again, you don't know it here. You don't want to overreact to one win, but things start to tighten up a little bit. Um, and this, this definitely was a tight, tight, tight win for the Patriots and for fans. Uh, it's always extra special when you get Baltimore, the snitching Ravens coming into Foxborough. You don't want them to put the final nail in your coffin. So I know a lot of people you don't you don't want to you don't want to come in and get punked by Baltimore uh, in 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 your building. So again, that's going to have a extra special meaning uh, for anyone who uh, who's who harbors one any, more competitive who week. Who harbors right? any grudges? Yeah. We got one more competitive week. If they had lost tonight, then the season really would have felt over, right? There's no hope of coming back. Yeah. But now they got at least one more game where we can still feel like this matters and that they could actually make this whole thing interesting. It's a 
it's really, I think this was the best version of the Patriots that this version of the Patriots can possibly get to is this game plan and this way of going out there and executing. If they can continue to do this game in and game out, then they're going to win some games in the back half. Is it going to be enough? I don't know, but they're going to win some games. I know, but that's again where you start to say every game seems losable because you've seen them get smoked by San Francisco, an ugly game against Denver. If you're going to lose to these teams, certainly you could lose to some of the opponents left on the remainder of the slate. But then also you look at it and say, yeah, Texans, certainly a, a winnable game. Cardinals, right. sure, yeah, they're 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 tough. But you, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Dolphins are playing great right now. Bills again, Jets. I mean, you finish with those three AFC East games. You're not looking at the schedule saying, I mean, the Baltimore game was penciled in as a loss and they won it. There's no other game here. You're penciling in as an automatic loss. Each week you enter it and say, this is winnable. And so again, you start to stack a few of this together. Um, things change. What gets a little tricky here is the AFC is insanely top heavy right now with teams. Yeah. Uh, with, they with got a leap so The Patriots have to climb a few. Yeah. They got basically 10 teams fighting for the seven spots. If you include the Patriots and the Patriots are the only, I think everybody else is six and three. The only sub 500 teams. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's going to be a long uphill battle for them to be able to fight their way back in the playoffs. But I'll take this over what we saw against Denver, what we saw against the Niners, at least be competitive in the last two weeks. We've gotten a, a decent product. I mean, tonight in the first half, I thought that was the best product football product that we've probably gotten. That was their best half of football both sides of the ball yeah exactly yeah well again something to build on um still a lot of people out here evan i want to see if anybody wants to say anything here in the chat or is it just it's all nothing people? good it's all people just talking about what they're going to do at quarterback next year and <laughs> and Nikhil hatred yes exactly i, I did i i people applaud all the fans for saying everybody people. who's better than Nikhil. yeah they um, just they just like to get me going that's all <laughs> but they said you were you were better um and uh, on Wenu also was a better receiver than Nikhil. <laughs> we should give the offensive line some credit though. I feel like I haven't given them enough credit. Their job at run blocking is it's fun to watch. I know it's not necessarily the, the sexiest thing to talk about. And we all love to see the deep ball. We all love to see them, you know, throw the football and things like that. Everybody's clamoring to see them throw the ball. But in terms of the run blocking, this is an absolute clinic for about three quarters on how to run block crack tosses, lead blocks, power, counter, ISO. I mean, it was everything, right? They just they had the whole repertoire throwing everything at them. They had some extremely thunderous double team blocks too. Michael on Wenu and Shaq Mason on the right side, Joe Tooney and Isaiah Wynn on the left side, just moving. The offensive line played a man's game tonight. Yeah. Yeah, And that's just, I mean, at the end of the day, that's football, right? Just get in the trenches and your guys against our guys. And tonight the Patriots guys won. The first half that offensive line set a tone and that, that, that really, that really was it for the game. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Last time I'll tell you manscaped. 20% 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com, press pass 20 is the code. Once again, manscaped.com, use the code press pass 20, get 20% off. Um, 
Follow Evan Lazar on Twitter, CLNS Media, for his post-game write-up, 10 Things We Learned About This Game. We talked about several of them here, but he's going to break it down with a little bit of film. Uh, and uh, if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube uh, at Patriots Press Pass, you'll get notifications every time we go live like this. And anytime we put out new videos with new analysis, we'll have more stuff coming out after the game. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Again, more stuff coming out tomorrow as well. Um, for Evan Lazar, I'm John Zanis. We'll see you guys later. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.